This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson, and I am flying solo. And before we get into the podcast, obviously it's a Russell Westbrook trade reaction podcast. Russell Westbrook going to the Houston Rockets. Chris Paul is going to the Thunder. And you got uh, a couple picks going over there as well. You got a 2021 Rockets first round pick swap. Then you have the Rockets 2024 first round pick. Then you have a pick swap again in 2025. The Clippers and Rockets are going to send one to OKC. So if the Rockets are higher than the Clippers and they're higher than OKC, uh, they'll get the pick. So OKC will get the highest of the three picks between the Rockets, Clippers, and OKC. And then in 2026, the Rockets will give their first-round pick to OKC as well. So before we get into this deal, and before we talk about what's going on, I have tried to record this about three times. And you do something for five years, and you think you'll be able to just do it. Without any changes, you could do it you know, in your sleep. You could do it in a different room. You could do it with different equipment. And I have really struggled to get this going. So if this is a bad podcast, I apologize. Check it out on Twitter.com slash Shorbo. Uh, and check me out at uh, Twitter.com slash Shorbo. And if it's that bad, tweet at me. Um, I apologize if it's bad not doing this uh, the correct way. But I feel like I keep going somewhere, and I'm just not able to get over that hump. And I guess that's how Daryl Morey feels, and that's why he feels like he needed to make this trade. Going after Russell Westbrook, I think, is a very ill-advised move. And we'll talk about the ways that they could possibly win a championship with these players. And we'll talk about you know, what it actually means for them on the floor. But man, this guy has an obsession. I think someone needs to check on him. It's consistently apparent that he just wants stars and big names to play next to James Harden. And I think it's just because he doesn't want James Harden to leave. And I don't know if he loves heavy ISO ball and a ton of foul shots, but if there was a James Harden fan club, I think Daryl Morey would be number one, the number one president, whatever, the number one fan and president, I guess. And while it, came out that Russ wanted to go to Houston and that he wanted to play with James Harden. I really question about how this is going to help them win a championship because I've never looked at Russell Westbrook and thought of him as a championship player. And we were talking about this before in, before this trade happened, it was right after the Paul George trade happened. It happened in our discord. Uh, Check it out at patreon.com slash most of podcast at the $1 tier um, or the $5 tier or $10 tier. You get access to it either way. But we were talking about it, and I think it was Sam or one of the guys said he seems like a player that's never going to win a championship, in, 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 according to Russell Westbrook, or, or uh, talking about Russell Westbrook. And I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I don't know if he has the play style to take over a game. If you're asking me where would I put Russell Westbrook, in the players, at least ranking him, he's probably 20 to 25 range. And I don't know if I've ever wanted Russell Westbrook to be the last guy to take my game-winning shot. And you'll probably say he doesn't need to do that. In Houston now, James Harden can do that. But 
the whole point of having stars and having these two-headed monsters is having guys that could score at any point and having guys that could take over a game at any point. And while Russell Westbrook can put up gaudy stats and put up amazing numbers and put up eye-popping performances, at least from a stat performance, it's three straight years with a triple-double, I can't remember the last time that Russell Westbrook took over a meaningful game. And maybe it was last year in the Utah series in the playoffs. Maybe. But I don't remember him for that. I remember him losing. I remember him getting in the face of Utah fans. And I remember him running off the court. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be upset by losing in the playoffs. Of course. I mean, that's just natural. And he had 45 and 46 in the last two games. And, I mean, he shot pretty decent in in, in those two games as well. But it still resulted in a loss in game six. And in game five, they did win. And he went 45, 15, and seven. Five of nine from three and 17 of 39. But again, I don't remember that as the Russ takeover game. I completely forgot about that game. Not saying that he was a bad game or anything like that. I just forgot about it. Because you always forget, or you always remember the last thing that they did. And I remember him walking off the floor in Utah. And I don't remember the last time that I was genuinely amazed by what Russell Westbrook do. And he it, it has done, at least. And he's had a 20-20-20 game. He had 20 points, 20 rebounds, and 20 assists. And I'm not massively impressed by it. He went 8 of 23 in that game. 2 of 9 from 3. He consistently was not able to put the ball in the bucket. And the biggest thing to me that's impressive nowadays is efficiency and how well you're doing things. And it's not like he didn't have help last year. He had Paul George. And I looked up the stat for guys last year who were taking over 20 shots a game and sorted it by true shooting. Number one is his new teammate, James Harden, or former teammate as well. Uh, who was taking 24.5 field goal attempts a game and shot 61.6% of, uh, from uh, true shooting. So that's taking in field goal percentage, three-point percentage, and free throw percentage and putting them all together and giving you a stat. And if you don't know what true shooting percentage is, most of you guys do. And true shooting, I mean, that true shooting is pretty decent. Usually like 65 is over amazing. Being at 61 at that volume is insane. And that's why he was my MVP last year. I understand that Giannis was... You know, fantastic last year, but you look at what James Harden was able to do with this team with Chris Paul going down and being that efficient at that volume is absolutely ridiculous. And you might be like, well, I just called you boring. and I've always called them boring. I don't like watching them play, but there's been plenty of times where James Harden's taken over games and won them. And it's just been unreal in the last five minutes and it's just not missed a shot. James Harden is insane and he's insanely efficient and he's insanely good. At his job. His job is to ISO you up, attack you, and either have you draw a foul, him make the bucket and go to the line for two, or step back and drill a three in your face. He's always looking just to score buckets and get points, and he does that at such an amazing rate. He had nearly 20, or he he nearly had 1,200 more points than Russell Westbrook last year. And they took about 500, uh, not even, like 400 or so less shots, and it really just comes down to the inefficiency of Russell Westbrook. And then you look at, you know, number two on that list, and it's 21 field goals attempts per game, and it's Paul George. 
Russ's teammate, and he sits at 58.3% true shooting. And Kemba Walker is third, 20.5 attempts per game, 55.8 true shooting. It's all right. And then Russ, 20.2, 50.1 true shooting. Horrible. And I just look at this, and I haven't been amazed with by Russell Westbrook in a very long time. And I don't know what Daryl Morey's doing, why this was a necessary move for his team. Because apparently now it's coming out that Chris Paul has interest from Miami. Why wouldn't you just trade him to Miami? The worst part about the Houston Rockets was that contract, was that Chris Paul deal that was going to pay him $150 million for the next three years. And we were talking about this Russell Westbrook deal last week when Dave called in. And I thought Minnesota for them because they have a star in Carl Anthony Towns. They have a bad contract in Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I want to say Anthony because it's Carl Anthony Towns. Andrew Wiggins. And they were going to be able to give him a point guard, Carl Anthony Towns, to at least move the ball and take some pressure off of him because Russ will take shots just like Wiggins and he'll miss him just like Wiggins. But at least you'll get a guy who can bring a veteran mind sh- mindset and can distribute the ball at a very high rate, which Russ can still do. And and adding that to a Minnesota team that's just really looking to make the playoffs again, that makes sense to me. All right. Dallas, possibly if they wanted to be very bold, it might have been a short-sighted move. If they want to be really bold and got a point guard to play next to Luka, that would have been possibly interesting. Might have been a bad move in the long run. But I could have been okay with it just because they do have a ton of cap space. Houston doesn't make sense to me. And if you're asking me, does this make them a championship contender? Absolutely not. Because if we're looking at the teams that have these big duos right now, and I'm going to throw in Steph and Clay, I'll throw in KD and Kyrie. Um, I'll throw in I'll throw in guys that are injured because you assume that James Harden and Russell Westbrook are going to be together for possibly what the next uh, Russ is there until 2022. James Harden's there until 2022, so they're going to be there for the next four years, most likely. So if we're looking at the next four years of duos, putting James Harden and Russell Westbrook next to each other, I would take Brooklyn's Kyrie and KD. Both those guys can take over games, and both those guys can hit big shots. You look at Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, but I'm not ready to put them up there yet just because James Harden's won an MVP, Russ has won an MVP, Kyrie, while he hasn't won an MVP, you look at the talent, the talent's always there, and he's never had the ability to put up gaudy stats. Maybe you can make the case that it was in Boston last year, but clearly he wasn't happy in that. KD is obviously one of the best players in the league. Um, I would just say for Philly and Philly, at least the one that's holding them back is probably Ben. I don't think Ben's a star yet, at least when it comes to a basketball sense. He's very well known, but I don't think he's a star. Then you look at Portland. I don't know if CJ and Dame are, but I think there could be possibly an argument to say that CJ McCollum's better than Russell Westbrook and Dame's not better than James Harden, but I think that's closer than me. Uh, I would put Portland close, but I think their play styles match up better. That if we're saying two duos together, I would take probably Portland. Talent-wise, Houston wins out. But if we're talking Portland's cohesiveness, I'd probably put Dame and CJ together. Then looking at Golden State, obviously take Steph and Clay. I mean, talk about cohesion. Those guys are bread and butter right there. And 
Steph, when he's on, is better than James Harden, I think. And Clay is more important, I think, to letting Steph be Steph than what James or Russ will be to James Harden. Obviously, Paul George and Kawhi are better. Obviously, AD and LeBron are better. Then, I mean, it's pretty much it for the big duos. So I would put them probably behind one, two, three, four, five, five teams. At least we're talking about big duos. Five teams that I put them behind being Brooklyn, Portland, Golden State, Clippers, and Lakers. So when they're fully healthy, they'll probably be in that four to six range. They were four last year. I really just come down, and I don't know if this makes them that much better. It makes them healthier because Russ has been a, a great, great player when it comes to health. He had that one year that he think he was out for like a, a large majority of the season. I think it was the KD MVP season. And while that was there, it was more of an outlier when you look at what he's been able to do consistently, usually playing like 36 minutes a game and playing over 75 games a season. Russ has been a guy that's always been out there. But even then, I brought that up last year, last week when it came to the John Wall and Russell Westbrook comparisons. And I forget who said it. No, I'll look it up now. But I didn't mention the fact that Russ's athleticism is most likely going to go down uh, over the over the next years, and that it's probably likely with the way he plays that it's going to end up with him getting hurt. And I'm genuinely concerned that he might get hurt, and maybe not this year, but in the next four years, if you're asking me the likelihood of him getting hurt, I'd probably say it's high. And I got it right here. Um, I, I just think that Daryl Morey was too obsessed with getting a star and it's right here. Just Jack said, you guys missed a big point on Russ that is on the wrong side of 30. His game is strictly through his athleticism. And being that he's older, that's going to disintegrate fast. I believe Russ has one to two more seasons of all-star level. As for John Wall, yes, he's also very athletic. And yes, he's injured. But he's more than athleticism because with all due respect towards Russ. Uh, but he's much more selfish than Wall. John Wall will be the best player on championship team. And not... Oh, John Wall will not be about the best player on the championship team, and neither will Russ, saying that Wall is much better facilitator for his teammates, therefore a winning franchise. That is why Russ will never win a championship, and that's why I could choose John Wall, even injured. But going to that, I think that it is true that probably one to two seasons you'll get out of Russ, and then you're probably going to deal with injuries most likely. Maybe he'll be like LeBron. Maybe he has this unnerving body that's not going to quit, but... I really am concerned about what the Rockets have done here because, yes, you have two big names in Russell Westbrook and James Harden, but I don't know if their play styles match out exactly great. And I would take the Lakers over them. I would take the Clippers over them. I'd take Denver over them. I'd take Portland over them. I'd take the Jazz over them. And then you're looking at Golden State now with Clay's injury. I'd probably put... The Rockets above them. I'd put them above the Spurs. I put them above the Kings. And I put them over the rest. But I'd probably say Houston right now, sixth best team in the Western Conference. And that's mainly due to just I don't know if they have the depth to go with it. And 
I think that although Russ and James seem to be good friends, I don't know if their play styles are going to mesh well. And you could say, hey, they went to the finals in 2011, but also that wasn't James Harden then. James Harden wasn't taking 24.5 shots back then in that OKC team. OKC team. OKC team? How am I saying that wrong? Uh, But he was taking 10.1 or 8.3. He was not becoming this guy who took over games and was lighting up scoreboards, scoring 36.1 points per game. I think that Daryl Morey has made a mistake here, and I don't think he's really going to see it until this plays out. And when it comes to be 2021, I wouldn't be shocked if James Harden demanded a trade out of Houston because I think it might end up being that bad. And we see guys that consistently want to move and there's not going to be that bright of a future for the Rockets when it comes to that 2021 season because you're going to have Eric Gordon off the books and you're most likely not going to be able to sign him. Austin Rivers will most likely be gone and I think he's worth more than 2.17 what he signed for. Gerald Green will be gone, but I don't know how important he is. You know, Having Gerald Green is not going to be the make or break reason why you have an NBA Finals. He's been decent for sure. But I mean, he's not great. P.J. Tucker most likely be gone. Clint Capella will still be there. So you'll have Capella, you'll have Harden and Westbrook until the 2023 seasons. But is that enough to win a championship? I don't think so. And I think Harden has never had that ability to at least play in the finals like he has fully wanted to. He's never been the star in the finals. And you could probably make an argument that Russ has. In 2011. And I think that at some point, Harden will probably realize that he doesn't want to take on this big of a load. And I think his load will be massively large this year. That's horrible phrasing. I don't care. Um, I think it's going to be extremely tough for him to to, to, to play next to Russ. Um, just due to their play styles. Although they are both great passers, and we saw that work with Chris Paul and James Harden. Westbrook needs to do that with the ball in his hands. He needs to do that creating. He needs to do that driving to the bucket. And maybe that allows James to play off ball a little bit more. But it's not going to allow Russ to play off ball anymore because Russ is bad playing off ball. And if you look at catch and shoot points, Russ is like on the fourth page when you go on NBA.com. And I think it's of 50 players. So he's like... 115 in the NBA when it comes to catch and shoot points. And he shot 32% on those attempts. He was 57 of 177 and 53 of 166 from three on catch and shoot shots. And it was 31.9% last year. I don't think that's going to increase. Russ was historically one of the worst three-point shooters last year. And that's a team that thrives on that, at least in the half court. They thrive on iso ball. They do. But also, you're pretty much taking a player out when you guys are pushing the, the floor. And, and, and really, the only way I see it working is if you do clear out the lanes, like they were doing that for Russ and OKC, Russ grabs the board and then starts pushing. I think they can really be dangerous in transition. But once the game slows down, and if you stop that ball immediately, I think this might be really tough for them to really be great out there. I think you're looking at a lineup that's probably going to see three guards out there. Russ, Harden, and then Gordon. 
you'll probably see Tucker out there then. And then you put in Capella. And that'll be your starting five. And coming off the bench, Rivers, Gerald Green, Daniel House. Gary Clark was all right. Uh, you have Isaiah Hartenstein, who that dude lit up the G, uh, G League last year. And I loved him. Uh, when he came out two years ago in the draft, he might be able to add a three from the outside. I'm not entirely sure about that. He's got a decent stroke. I just don't know if it's consistent enough yet. But even then, as a backup center, pretty decent. And Shimori Pons, if he plays well, they might sign him. He could be a guy who can score off the bench too. But I look at it, and while they have all right depth, I don't know who is going to take the pressure off of James Harden. And Chris Paul was able to do that a decent amount in their run from 2017 to 2018. And once he was gone, we saw what happened. And I don't think Russ will be able to take off that pressure. I could be absolutely wrong. But I think this was a move by Daryl Morey to get that star that he's been wanting to. He wanted to trade five first-round picks to get Jimmy Butler. And now he's traded four for Russell Westbrook. And I would rather have Jimmy Butler playing next to James Harden than I would Russell Westbrook. And I hope it goes well. It'll be fun to see. I'm big on the the, the reunion, at least that from a an idea standpoint. Like, oh, Russ and James Harden coming back together. That'd be cool. But when it comes to an actual basketball sense, I think it's a complete mistake. I think it's crazy. The NBA's fucking nuts. But I honestly do not see this playing out well. And I would think it's very slim to none that they win a championship with Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same floor. I could be wrong. And if they do win it, it could be really cool. But in the end, I don't think it's going to happen. But let's move to OKC now. And we'll talk about their rebuild. And I think Sam Presti deserves a medal. I think he deserves a city key to the city. I think that he's done a phenomenal job. And you look at what they've been able to bring in for Jeremy Grant, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook in about a week. And they get Shea Gilgis. They get Danilo Kalinari's expiring contract for 18 mil. Then you get a 2020 first-round pick from the Nuggets, a 2021 first-round pick from the Heat, a 2021 first-round pick swap with the Rockets, a 2022 Clippers first-round pick, a 2023 Clippers first-round pick swap, then a 2023 Heat first-round pick, it's top 10 protected, a 2024 Clippers first-round pick, a 2024 Rockets first-round pick, a 2025 Clippers Rockets first-round pick, OKC gets the highest of the three picks, 2026 Clippers first-round pick, and a 2026 Rockets first-round pick. That's fucking insane. And you look at what Sam Presti's been able to do as the GM of this team and what he's been able to do building this team up has been phenomenal. And he not only did he build a great team in Oklahoma City, not only did he build a team that made Oklahoma City proud immediately. I mean, second year they were there, they were, I think, in the finals or in the playoffs at least. He's been able to build an absolute dynasty, and that was mainly due to high overall picks, getting Kevin Durant, getting Russell Westbrook, getting James Harden, giving him that ammo to get high first-round picks is going to be deadly. 
and you're going to give him the ability to move that Chris Paul contract. You're most likely going to get rid of Steven Adams this year as well, and that's going to allow them to take on bad contracts that most likely will expire earlier, and they'll be able to keep doing that and getting first-round picks, and you might be asking, well, they're going to be lower first-round picks, but that's just still ammo to move up again. And we see what a heat pick in 2021 was doing three years out from now because people are like, oh, what's that going to be? That could be some of these picks because you look at these Rockets picks or these Clippers picks and you think, all right, well, what if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard leave? Or what if Jimmy Butler leaves? Or what if that doesn't work out? Or what if you get Chris Paul and it's just a horrible deal and the Heat are horrible? Um, They're same with the Rockets. What if Chris Paul and or what if James Harden and Russell Westbrook leave and this team's horrible and it could be a top, you know, top first pick? This is a fantastic job from Sam Presti. And the Oklahoma City Thunder are in a beautiful place to grow and become another dynasty. And the turnover that he's been able to produce in a week is insane. He should be applauded. It's beautiful. And honestly, if you're looking at Oklahoma City, I think if we're talking about bright rebuilds, if we're talking about teams that are in the best place, I think you have to throw in the Pelicans. I think Memphis is doing a pretty decent job so far. They're not that great. I wouldn't put them up that high, but they've been doing a good job of turning things around. And then I'd probably put the Hawks in there. And I might honestly put OKC up there because there's so much for them to do. You have a great young point guard in Shea Gildas-Alexander. You have a lot of guys with uh, potential in Terrence Ferguson and Hamadou Diallo. Um, I think, no, they didn't get, did they get Baisley? No, they got, Portland got Baisley. Anyways, you got a lot of guys with great athleticism and great projects, but now they could take those great projects and channel them into guys with actual basketball talent at the top of the draft. And OKC is going to be a great rebuild to watch, and if I had to put my money on it out of teams that are currently rebuilding, so we're talking about Charlotte, Hawks, Bulls, Cleveland, Knicks, Memphis, New Orleans, kind of. I got to put OKC number one, and that's mainly due to Sam Presti. This guy has done a phenomenal job. He's a goddamn wizard, and I'm impressed with the the job he's done consistently on a day-in and day-out basis. And, you know, he, he was trying to make it work with Russell Westbrook because he meant so much to that city, and I think he got a gift with Paul George dipping. I think he got a gift from Russell Westbrook being able and being open to leaving. And even though those were gifts, he's done a great job at capitalizing on those. And in that deal, he got Chris Paul. And Woj came out and said that he will not play in the Thunder uniform and that they will look to trade him immediately. And that Miami is the number one team to look out for. If that is done, Miami will be hella stupid. That would be a horrible idea. And I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. Paying Chris Paul, 34 years old, three years for $150 million next to Jimmy Butler sounds like a horrible idea. And you're going to have to give up something. And you're most likely going to have to give up contracts that match. And you're just going to be helping out Oklahoma City more. Because if you're giving them Goran Dragic, who's up after this year, you're giving them a gift. If you're giving them, I mean, really, there's no bad assets on that team. Because even their bad players are still decent players. like Or either bad contracts are still decent players. Like Goran Dragic, Kelly Olenek. Like, Kelly Olenek's a pretty decent player still, and he could help out a, a playoff team. 
the bad contract down there, it was Whiteside, and he's, he's already gone. But you're just giving them more ammo. And if I'm Presti, I'm just looking for more heat picks because you got him in the, the Clippers trade. I'm just looking for more of them because if you're giving them Chris Paul, that's going to lock up their ability to move any players. It's going to lock up their ability to attack free agent markets. That's going to you know limit their ability to grow what they have around Jimmy Butler. And you're really relying on Justice Winslow taking the next step for them to be a great team. You're relying on some of the, you know, Tyler Hero to take a next step to be a great, you know, a great player to take over and, and be a championship contender. You're hoping that Bam Adebayo can take that next step and become a great player. If they're not able to do that, it's going to be a huge step for them to, at least OKC, to take advantage of it, uh, take advantage of their situation and possibly just take more assets for them that is going to make them a, a you know a, a, a more dangerous rebuild and i look at the heat and i think that the heat would be making a huge mistake if they trade for chris paul i don't think he has anything to add to a team especially like miami they do such a good job already just finding young players and building up their talent and right now you have a star in jimmy butler and a guy who seems to be wanting to play alone i don't think jimmy butler wants to be next to a star and giving him a star with a bad contract is just adding fire to the Jimmy Butler bomb that we know is going to go off at some point because it always goes off. Whether it be Philadelphia, whether it be Minnesota, whether it be Chicago, we know Jimmy Butler is a ticking time bomb. And giving him Chris Paul's contract and the ability to not win a championship is going to make that more combustible. So, in the end, I'll be all of this trade. Chris Paul should not go to Miami. OKC is probably in the best spot of any NBA team that's currently rebuilding. And I have a hard time seeing how Russell Westbrook helps the Houston Rockets become a championship contender. But let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. I don't think their play styles are going to mesh well in Houston. I think OKC is going to do a brilliant job because they have the right guy leading that team in Sam Presti. And Chris Paul could be a very dangerous asset to add in Miami. And I know this was kind of short, but it's tough to talk for 30 straight minutes. <laughs> and I think that next week we'll probably be able to flush out a little bit more with Ricky and Dave in studio. So hopefully you'd come back for that. Um, the reactions are just crazy. I, I don't understand what Daryl Morey's doing. Sam Presti's a god. And Adrian Wojnarowski needs to take a vacation because I cannot take this anymore. <laughs> I think all the big deals are done. I think we should be done for the rest of this season, or at least for this offseason. And the NBA is a crazy sport to cover. And I don't understand half the moves that are trying to be made, and it just seems like everybody's desperate. But anyways, let, us, let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. Or check us out on twitter.com slash podcast. You can send me your thoughts over there as well. Or you could send them in the Discord. Check out patreon.com slash podcast. That $1 tier gives you access to our Discord. Sorry for the short podcast, but I don't have a ton to say outside of confusion, outside of bewilderment. Uh, it's been a crazy day. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. Free agency did not disappoint, and I hope it does disappoint for the rest of the, 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 rest of the year because we got to do some uh, rankings for uh, positions and, and for some coaches, for some teams, and it should be a good time. So let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. That's going to do it. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.